Vsin ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf, and yes, March Madness. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. LA still getting you locked and loaded for NCAA action. It is March Madness, and boy, has it been maddening. That's for sure. Lee Sterling joins us from Paramount Sports. He's got his finger on the pulse of the Miami Hurricanes better than pretty much anyone I know in the business, Um, whether it's football, basketball, you name it. And this is a Canes team. They're going up against 0-1, and that is Houston. Watch out. They're getting seven Seven and a half in some places. The over-under is 138. Lee, let's start right there because uh, this is your team. You know, you, yep. you, you, you've, got them, uh, you've got them in your heart as well. I know that. So, um, so tell, tell us all the reasons. I, by the way, I think Houston wins. I think the Canes cover. I like the Canes getting the points. That's what I'm on. I'm curious. Talk to us. How would you play this? Weren't you a little shocked when the line came out at six and a half? Absolutely. I thought this line was going to be four and a half, five, and now it's moved up to seven and a half. I mean, I understand Houston's number one. The big question is, can Miami handle the pressure? They have not faced a defense like this, a defense that allows just 36.1% field goal percentage and creates an average. This isn't like in the tournament, an average during the year of 21 and a half turnovers. Miami has four really good players. I mean, Pack, who came over from Kansas State, O'Meara from Arkansas State. Yeah, I think 17 or 18 rebounds in the last game. He was probably only 90%. And then you get the ACC player of the year in Wong. Isaiah Wong, is he's the wild card. The first game, he didn't show up. He was one for 10 from the field. And in the second game, he and the rest of the team, they played like a house on fire. I mean, they were running all over the place. They just had a different energy uh, than Indiana had. So if Isaiah Wong and he usually, the team goes as he goes, as long as he's decent, I think Miami's going to be in this game. They have nothing to lose here. The pressure is all on Houston. It's not like Houston's this great shooting team. I mean, They've had some games. They've had, obviously, some runs against some teams that aren't great when they were able to pull away in the last game. But I think Miami's going to be there. I, I think this is going to be like a, a 71-67 game. Houston wins, but I think Miami covers it. And it wouldn't shock me if Miami wins the game. Miami Coach Laranega is incredible. Um, so a few things. You mentioned Wong, one for 10 against Drake, and they still beat Drake, which uh, – and, and you and I talked about this last week. Um, I, I had Drake. Um, so yeah. I, I just, I, I didn't, coming into this tournament, I just didn't like, I, I didn't like what I was seeing from University of Miami, losing right. to Duke and, and, and whatnot. I just didn't feel they were coming in riding high. But then he went nine for 17 against Indiana. And it's interesting. You said this team will go as Wong goes. 
But really, the big topic of conversation heading into this tournament was Omir and how healthy right. was he going to be and would he be able to play? And sure enough, um, you know, he has had a presence. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that's what, that's that's been key here. Uh, what do you think Omir's role is going to be in this matchup? Well, he's going to have to control the paint. I mean, there's been times, and I go to all the Miami home games, where some teams and some mediocre, well, not mediocre, some tournament teams. Let's take the Rutgers and the Maryland's. They dominated the paint. I mean, they were getting shots off from three, five, seven, eight feet away, and Miami had no answer. But Miami figures it out. Coach Laranega is one of these guys he's building. He starts off with his schedule, and it's all about building for the tournament. And Jordan Miller might be the toughest guy to guard in college basketball. There's not many guys that can wheel and deal in the lane with both hands equally and be able to get to the rim and lay the ball in, dunk it, and also shoot threes. And he's a six, seven guy with really like a, a six, 11 wingspan. So Houston's really good. I mean, Miami has not seen a defense like them, but Miami has a bunch of guys that can handle the ball. So I, you know, unless they fall behind early, I, I don't see them getting blown out. I think this is going to be the best game of Friday night. Oh, I, I can't wait. And and yeah. I'm I'm originally from the 305. So, you know, there's my dad played football there. As you know, my parents met yep. there. Um, <laughs> I was, my, when I was... my dad was a team dentist for 25 years. My daughter was a cheerleader and I got my master's there. So exactly. I mean... So you and I you and I have, have some yep. when my when my parents when my parents had me, my father was still in architectural school. So we actually <laughs> my parents lived in married housing on the wow. campus. So wow. like the first year of my life, I lived on the <laughs> campus. So you and I have some strong ties to the right. University of Miami. The over-under is 138. I'm curious where you're at here, because as we know, Miami, they play a very fast-paced, run-and-gun style of offense. But at the same time, Houston, you know, they're the only team still left in the tournament in the top 10 in offense and defensive efficiency, and also a 40% offensive rebound rate. So it's not like Miami is going to have a lot of second chance shots. Right. So I'm just, I'm curious, do you have a side here in regard to an, an over-under in this matchup? I don't, you know, I, I made the game. I, I I always like to predict a score when I do it after I, I, I look at the line and then I go over and then I start figuring out the total. I made the score 71, 67, 138. It's right there. So if, if one team falls behind also, this might be a great halftime play uh, or an in-game wager. Remember this, college tournaments, teams get up by like double digits, you know, halftime or early in the second half, they slow down the pace of play. So uh, I, I think looking at the numbers, I think the numbers over-unders been almost two to one ratio in unders. So if you get uh, a team up, if it's a close game, you know, it means probably both teams are doing fairly well offensively, unless they're just absolutely ice cold. But um, if one team's up by double digits, they're going to slow down that pace of play. They're just out to win the game. Um, with that being said, let's take a look at some of the yep. other games in or around on, on Friday night. Yep. And uh, the first one tips off uh, with San Diego State going up against Alabama, Alabama, uh, another, you know, only two one seeds still left, Houston and Alabama. 
Alabama favored by seven and a half. The over-under is 137. Going up against San Diego State, whose defense actually matches up well against Alabama. Curious what side you're on here, Lee. They do. Remember, Alabama is all about speed, ball movement, hitting layups, and three-point shooting. And San Diego State's been able to slow almost everyone down. They also, a lot of people don't talk about this, Alabama hits the offensive glass extremely well. In fact, they had 15, they've averaged 15 offensive rebounds a game in the tournament. So that could be a factor here. I just think that San Diego State's light schedule here is going to hurt them. They are going to have to, you know, at least keep it close. If they fall behind, then they're going to have to speed up the tempo. And this Alabama team's really good. Remember, think of something like the last 35 years, only once has, has, has a number one seed not advanced past this round. I think Alabama's playing really good basketball, four and one against the spread versus plus 600 teams. I know it's a different style of play because San Diego State's going to try to slow the game down. But Brandon Miller, they got the best player here. And I just think he's going to be able to create shots. And San Diego State has not faced a player like him. I'll lay the seven and a half. Not my strongest play, but I'll I'll lay the seven and a half and take Alabama here. I'm on the other side here, Lee. It will be interesting to see how this plays out. I also like the over here because I think think Bama is going to set the tone in regard to, uh, to, to pace of play. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how San Diego State reacts. Um, Princeton going up against Creighton. Princeton, everybody loves the Cinderella story, so everybody's on Princeton. Uh, it's 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 pretty hefty number that nine and a half. It's a lot, but I love this Creighton team. I know Princeton beat Arizona, they beat Missouri, but both those teams have some uh, some evident flaws. I just don't think this Creighton team has a lot of flaws. In fact, full full transparency, Lee, I've got Creighton in half of my brackets upsetting Alabama coming out of the South. How would you play? How would you play this matchup? The over under okay. is one. The over under is one forty, by the way. So similar to the Houston Miami game, I think Creighton's going to win, but I think Princeton's going to cover here. Here's something: if Creighton gets in foul trouble, they're going to have problems. In fact, the last game of the 200 minutes, 192 starters played. Only eight minutes did they put in bench players here. It's not like Princeton shot the ball incredible. They were 12 for 33 from three-point land uh, in their last game and still won. So I just don't know if Creighton's going to be as hot as the last game. If this line was like six or seven, I might take a shot at Creighton. Double digits is a lot in a Sweet 16 game, and I think they're going to slow it down. So I, I like Princeton here, plus the 10. I can't see him winning the game, though. Last but not least, uh, Lee Sterling joining us from Paramount Sports. Let's talk about Texas going up against Xavier. Texas favored by four and a half. The over/under is one forty-nine. Uh, I'm I'm gonna lay I'm gonna lay the four uh, the four and a half. I just I think they're the better team. Um, I know they got somewhat of a scare against Penn State, um, but they're just all around better. Also, here's a, one another one I'm looking at is that they've got a lot of depth. Xavier, uh, they ro- rotate about six players. So I think when yeah. you get to this this point into the tournament. Um, I, I think that wears you down a little bit. So a number of reasons why I like Texas. How are you playing this one? I agree with you. Nine-man rotation, Texas plays. Yep. Their second leading scorer, Serge Barry Rice, comes off the bench. You don't see that too often. So uh, is Texas team 15th 
and offense. Uh, great guard play. Guard play is really important. You're playing a- against a team you're not familiar with. Turnovers are key here. Against Sule Baum, unless he, you know, he shoots like 50% or higher on threes, I, I think Xavier's going to have a tough time. Hook them. I like Texas big here also. <laughs> Hook them. I love it. Uh, Lee, you rock. Always great having Thanks. you on the program. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, love having you on because, y- you know, like I said, you've got your finger on the pulse of this Canes team better than anyone. So, um, you know, hopefully you and I are both right, right? Like they, they cover, they cover the seven and a half. Uh, from, our, our, from our mouth to the go- gambling God's ears, <laughs> Lee, to the gambling God's ears. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Thanks. You got it. All right. Uh, again, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We still have a lot more coming your way. Um, so hang tight. Getting you ready for the weekend. NCAA, XFL, NBA, all that. Um, we'll talk some golf with you as well. We got the Dell technology match play happening, but we're going to take a look ahead to the Masters that will be here before we know it. So still a lot more coming your way. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Brace yourself. Uh, it has been a roller coaster ride in uh, for sure in this break. Uh, So right now, UCLA is up by one point with 12 seconds left. Gonzaga's possession. Um, And uh, they came back. Guys, again, Tyler and Brian producing the show. What, I want to say what, Gonzaga was up by 7-8 at one point, right? Yep, they were pulling away. Uh, Right? Timmy went to the line, had two free throws, missed both of them. And then UCLA uh, headed back down the opposite side of the court and drained a three. So here we are. And they are up 76 to 75 uh, with 12 seconds left for, uh, for Gonzaga. And, uh, you know, Tyler, you called it. You said this is, this is that kind of game. This is the kind of game that it just feels like it's going to come down to yep. the last shot. Yep. And Timmy's got to feel really, really bad about himself right now. Um, he's got to be beating himself up right now that he missed those two free throws. But, but uh, that, because that if goes he back to... Sorry, finish your thought. You go ahead. No, because if he would have made... Obviously, if he would have made at least one of them, it would have been tied. He made two. Uh, they would have been up and and, oh and getting goodness. the ball with, with 12... Oh my goodness, this game. You're ahead of me. Stop. I know, I'm not. I'm not saying anything, but this game uh, is over. <laughs> um... Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, and the game is over, and Gonzaga wins. There we go. You want it? Do you want to do the play-by-play? So uh, Gonzaga rushes down the court. They got twelve seconds. Uh, immediately pops a three from the top of the three-point line and drains it. UCLA rushes back. Uh, and they get stripped, and Gonzaga has the ball with 1.1 seconds left. How about the um, the? I'll, I'm going to use the word chutzpah. I I could use so many other words, but I know this is a family show. But the how huevos, about the rancheros. chutzpah? There you go, of Gonzaga shooting a three. And oh, by the way, it was a three off the glass. It wasn't even like a three all net. 
it was a three um, by Strother. Am I pronouncing that pro- properly? Julian Strother. Let's go with um, that. It was a three. And, and by the way, it was like a three, like not even like foot it's, close to the arc. It seemed a little hasty. I mean, granted, he made it, but it's like it just felt more rushed than it needed to be. But yeah, right, right at the top of the arc, probably about two feet behind the line. Uh, yeah. And just drained it. I mean, drained it. But now, okay, so now... Off the, oh, but off the glass, by the way. That was, I, I call that a Windex. <laughs> so that's... Is, is that... Is that... Is that Terrell Owens? Did they show T.O.? I don't know. I didn't miss it. Uh, yeah, I think T.O. I think T.O. is courtside. Okay, so here, look at... We've got a three-point ball game. I think T.O. is courtside. Three-point ball mm-hmm. game. I'm, I'm going to give you the play-by-play because you're behind. UCLA yeah. chucks it. Oh, and misses it. Ball game. Gonzaga wins 79-76. Free throws, one of two were made, making it a three-point game. UCLA had about 1.6 seconds left. They chuck it half court. They pass it, uh, throw up a Hail Mary, and that's ball game. 79-76, final Gonzaga wins. So, um, I mean, obviously, very unfo- very unfortunate. But But, you know, here's the thing. Prior to Clark getting injured, we had a number of Jimmy Patsos was on our program, right? Jimmy Patsos was on our program. Um, I, I had a, a number of uh, NBA analysts, uh, not NBA, NCAA analyst, analysts who were on the show. And and majority of them had UCLA coming out of that bracket and, and or not coming out of that bracket because he was injured before, of course, Selection Sunday, but had UCLA, feeling that like UCLA uh, was going to be the team to beat in this tournament. And so, and and, and the, the fact that they uh, got this far, listen, Northwestern was, was, you know, a good game, obviously. Uh, the fact that I think that they got this far uh, was, was pretty, pretty great. Considering that they were they they did not have their best player, agree or disagree? I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna have to agree. You don't have to. No, I feel like I have to. Okay, I, I'm just saying, like you know, when when a team is missing, you know, we're sitting here, like you know, been talking about the games tomorrow. Houston going up against Miami. I think Miami covers, but I think I think Houston wins. Why? Because Zasser is healthy. You know when you're when when especially in college basketball, you know when your best player is not is is not 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 even not even a hundred percent not even playing. Uh, you know, realistically, what can you expect, right? Yeah, and I think um, that's ultimately what ended up plaguing UCLA was that they absolutely were, they were that's my point. In, yeah, and I and yep. I agreed with you. They were coming in limping. Right, and they actually put up a fight against what I would consider a healthy Gonzaga team. So impressive, nonetheless. But still, you got to be at a hundred percent. It's just it's it's like this in all sports, you know. It it always comes down to the healthiest team at the right time. Unfortunately. So in 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 that West bracket, if you had UConn and Gonzaga making it to the Elite Eight, good for you. Good for me. That's uh, that's that's who I I had in my bracket, uh, in in all my brackets. I just fifty percent who who wins and, and goes to the Final Four. Um, I did a fifty fifty split with UConn and Gonzaga, but just the way that UConn has looked in this tournament, 
Uh, I'm leaning more towards UConn. FAU, if you're just tuning in, FAU upset Tennessee. Hey, now. So, um, so Tennessee is, uh, is packing the brutes, the bullies of this tournament and FAU, the finesse, uh, in, in the gritty team advances to take on Kansas state, Kansas state beat Michigan state earlier tonight. So that's, uh, that's, that's your, your first four of your elite eight. So FAU going up against uh, Kansas State, UConn going up against Gonzaga. And, of course, uh, tomorrow we've got a lot happening. Uh, I, I, don't, I mean, can the games – I mean, let's be honest. These were some great games tonight outside of UConn just annihilating Arkansas. Okay, let's put that on the shelf. But Kansas State and Michigan State going into overtime, FAU upsetting Tennessee – um, you know, Gonzaga and UCLA coming down to the wire like this. Uh, this was a really, really a fantastic Thursday night of college basketball. This is why they do call it March Madness, let's be honest. Uh, so tomorrow, you've got San Diego State going up against Alabama. Alabama is favored by 7.5. Uh, I do like San Diego State getting the points here. I also like the over. I just think, uh, here, here's why. San Diego State, their defense is excellent, and... They've got excellent defense against three-point shooting. Opponents are only averaging 27 to 29% from behind the arc, and that's really the bread and butter for Alabama. So I think I think they can match up with Alabama fairly well on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Uh, now, I do believe Alabama wins and advances, and I, I do believe that they're going to take on Creighton. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I do like San Diego State covering, just FYI. Uh, the next game, Miami going up against Houston. I talked extensively about Miami with Lee Sterling just a second ago because he covers all of the University of Miami programs, uh, basketball and football. Um, I, I just, to me, guard play is so important. And we saw it tonight, right, at K-State. We saw it tonight with FAU. Guard play is so important in this tournament. And you can argue that Miami has the best uh, guards ensemble ensemble of guards uh, in this tournament. So I do believe Houston wins. Uh, They are the only team left in the NCAA tournament that ranked top 10 in both offense and defense efficiency. But because of the guard play, and I do like the head coach of the University of Miami, I do believe Miami covers. And you could get them at seven, seven and a half in some places. Creighton is laying nine and a half against Princeton. I'm going to lay it. Uh, I see this very similar to uh, how we saw UConn play out. I I think Creighton just dominates. Um, They typically have no flaws. They're one of the most balanced teams in the tournament. Great interior, great perimeter defense. They'll dominate on both sides, and they're 76% from the free throw line. So I do like Creighton, and I will lay the points. And last but not least, uh, give me Texas. I'll lay the points with Texas as well. Uh, They have more depth. Xavier has about six players. Uh, who are part of their rotation. I think at this point in time in the tournament, um, I think fatigue sets in, especially Texas goes like nine, 10 deep. Xavier goes only six. And Texas has the 10th best defense and 15th best offense in efficiency heading into uh, this tournament. And and obviously we'll be sporting that in this game. So uh, those are my four plays for tomorrow night.
just FYI. All right, we're going to switch gears here. Um, we're going to talk some uh, some XFL. We have uh, Stormy Bonantani who's going to be joining us. We've got four XFL games coming your way. Also, Tyler Fulgham, my partner in crime at Daily Wager, joins me on the program to talk a little reaction or no action. So sit tight. Still a lot more coming your way right here on Bet LA on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Anita Marks with you. And um, each and every week I host a digital gambling show. For ESPN, on ESPN+, Plus, all the digital platforms, Twitter, you name it, and uh, and a plethora of talent who, who join me on the program, which is always great. Uh, Tyler Fulgham joined me this week, and we had a little fun with reaction or no action. What does that mean? Reaction means we're going to the window and we're going to bet on it. No action means, you know what, sounds tempting, but I'm going to pass. And uh, we teed up a number of topics for one another uh, from college basketball to the NBA and, of course, to the NFL. Let's listen in. Let's dive into (laughs) reaction or no action, okay? And here we go. Let's start off with San Diego State going against Alabama. Alabama, one of those few one seeds still alive in the tournament. Will San Diego State beat them outright? You can get that at plus seven and a half on the money line, plus 285. Reaction or no action? I'll admit, Anita, it's attractive on the money line, uh, but I say no action. I think Alabama, obviously we know they're the top seed in that region, top seed overall in the tournament. I think they are a team that can get past San Diego State. The Mountain West traditionally hasn't fared well in the tournament. And outside of San Diego State, that was the case this year. I do think the Aztecs are a good program. I do think they have a puncher's chance at knocking off Alabama. But ultimately, I think whether if we're taking the spread out of this, I think Alabama does win in advance. So no action on the Aztecs and the Elite Eight. Yeah, I'm going reaction here. If there's one thing that we've seen, I'd say in the last decade, with this big dance, right, is is just upsets left and right. Uh, The parody this season in college basketball has been unbelievable and a big reason why I think this has been one of the the most fun and exciting tournaments we've seen in a a long time, right? Like FDU, Princeton, Princeton's still alive. How far can they go? Uh, This is a a San Diego State team, two very good defenses. They force turnovers. Um, Both of them are excellent at the free throw line. And, and San Diego State has a pretty good perimeter defense. They only allow opponents 29% from behind the arc. And that is the wheelhouse for Alabama and how they like to score their points. So for me, reaction. Question number two, the 76ers win the Atlantic. Now the Celtics are favorite at minus 240. The 76ers, you can get it two to one. Reaction or no action? I really wish they would have taken care of the Chicago Bulls in double overtime last night but i will say reaction i think philadelphia is just a better basketball team than boston joel Embiid is playing like an mvp favorite that's why he is now the betting favorite in that market james harden has rediscovered a lot of that offensive efficiency that he had 
prior to coming to Brooklyn and Philadelphia when he was at his peak powers in Houston. He's getting to the free throw line a lot. A lot. He's knocking down his threes. He's creating, leads the entire NBA and assists this season. They have those complimentary pieces around Embiid and Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, guys that can come off the bench. I think Embiid will ultimately lead them to a uh, a, a division crown over the Boston Celtics. Uh, reaction for me, I think, to the better team, and I think ultimately they end up with a better record. Lockstep right here with you, Boo. I'm going reaction as well. Um, they're only a half game back for the Boston Celtics. Dare I say Embiid, Harden, and Maxi could potentially be a big three. I don't think Maxi gets enough respect, <laughs> to be quite frank. Uh, let's talk about momentum. This is a 76ers team. They had won eight straight before, of course, the unfortunate loss to the, the Bulls their last game. Uh, they take on the Bulls again. I think they get back on, on the winning track. Um, it's hard to, to beat a team, especially as good as the 76ers, uh, twice in a row. Strength of schedule, I checked that out. The 76ers have the, er, the easiest strength of schedule for the remaining games in the regular season. Uh, and Boston has uh, the is, is 11 notches down. So 11 harder, 11 harder games. <laughs> I, I, uh, anyway, all right, let's go, let's go to question three. It's reaction for me, Tyler. Let's go to question number three. And that is Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, uh, wins coach of the year this season in the NFL. And currently those odds are 10 to one. Reaction or no action? I'm no action here. I know Dan Campbell is everyone's lovable meathead coach who, you know, obviously the Lions like playing for him. Um, but I'm not sure that the Lions are going to be this team that makes this massive leap like everyone is projecting. They obviously made a leap last year, but there are other teams around the National Football League, other head coaches around the National Football League that I would rather bet on, especially now that he's priced as a favorite at 10 to 1. I'm going to say no action, and I'll look elsewhere around the league for a team to jump from bottom of their division in 2022 to a playoff team in 2023. So I love Campbell. Did a good job last year, but this is a no action for me, Anita. I'm going reaction. I'm 3-0 with reaction. I'm spending all kinds <laughs> of money uh, today, Tyler, <laughs> for, for a few reasons, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, at least we're expecting that deal to go down with the Jets. He's gone. I don't know about you, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins don't really scare me. I know a lot of people are loving the Chicago Bears this coming season. Justin Fields, to me, until I can see him actually throw a football consistently and accurately and be able to use his arm as well as he uses his legs, nope, not for me either. Um, this is a team that was 1-6 to start the season. Dan Campbell turned that around. Yes, they lost Jamal Williams, but they added David Montgomery with a 1-2 punch in the backfield with Swift. Now, there are some other coaches out there that I think are going to be in the running. Robert Sala, of course, if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, um, Sean Payton, and I do believe he can turn things around in Denver. But at 10 to 1, yeah, I'm playing it. I'm playing it. I'm playing it right now. I think the Lions win the division. And so, yeah, absolutely, I'm playing it. Well, I want to thank Tyler Fulgham again for joining me on that bet program. Uh, and always great that we can replay it for you here on Bet LA. Stay tuned. Coming your way, Stormy Bonantani is going to join me. She's part of the ESPN broadcast team for the XFL. Four games coming your way. One on Monday night, a Monday night XFL game on ESPN, which is going to be fun. Stormy and I dive into all four, giving you some plays and picks 
heading into the weekend. So stay tuned for that. That's coming your way next right here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. As always, each and every week, we cover the XFL. No, we don't have NFL. We don't. It's okay. You know, a little free agency action going on. You know, a lot of players strutting their stuff. We'll, we'll be talking about the draft. Once the draft rolls around, uh, we get, we get, at least I do, I get hard and heavy. But we got the XFL coming your way and four games this weekend, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. And then, hey, once you know it, a Monday night. XFL game. Uh, Stormy Bonantani joins us each and every week. We're so blessed to have her. Uh, She is at a game each and every week. She's part of the ESPN uh, broadcast team covering the XFL. Stormy, always great to have you. Welcome in. How you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. And um, it's such a, a fun time right now. Obviously, you mentioned like no NFL right now, but we have the Sweet 16 going on. XFL has been super exciting. Baseball's right around the corner, about to begin that season. So a lot of fun stuff going on. Absolutely. Let's dive into it. First game, you've got Seattle, the Sea Dragons in Florida, taking on Orlando, the Guardians. This line now has moved from 8.5 to 9.5. Brace yourself, Stormy. This might be my best play, my favorite play of the week. I just think this is too many points to give up in this league, right? And this very well could be a trap game for Seattle. Uh, Orlando's got a new quarterback that they're sporting. And it just seems to me that Seattle keeps on beating themselves up. So with that being said, please break down this game. How do you see this playing out? No, I agree. And that's very similar to what I told you guys last week about Orlando taking on Vegas and how many points it was just in this league. It just feels like too many. So I certainly cannot flack you for making that bet. I will say I'm a little sad for Orlando already that in a four-team division, if or when they were to lose this game, they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs already, which is kind of a, a wild thing to even think about. But I like that play for you. What my bet was in this game was I ended up rolling with the over. Um, Seattle put 21 points up on Houston last Thursday night, and that's a defense that's good. Like I feel like that number could be child's play compared to how many they could score against this Orlando defense. They've just been so rough on average allowing I think just over 30 points per game their point differential is minus 71 through five games it's just been really tough and and like Seattle we know they can move the ball um first in the league in pass attempts completions yards first downs all the things second in the league in rushing yards so I feel like Seattle's offense is going to be able to do work against Orlando's defense but Orlando's offense ain't no slouch which is why I like you taking the points on, on that side of things because Danucci turns the ball over like crazy. And so if Orlando's able to take advantage of some of those possessions with Quentin Dormady, who showed up in a big way against Vegas, like I, I know we were all a little bit surprised to see him in there, but 22 of 25, 256 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I really feel like if both of those offenses are doing what they need to do, it could be a pretty high scoring affair. Yeah. Um, it, it It's, and for weeks now, I've just been saying Orlando, the worst team in the XFL. But again, I just feel like nine and a half points. Here's the thing, Stormy. I think this might go up to 10 before kickoff on Saturday at one o'clock. 
only time will tell. So, um, listen, I've already gone to the window with this. Um, I recommend people do as well, but, um, but don't be surprised if it goes up to 10 before kickoff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Another Saturday game. It's an evening game, seven o'clock. The St. Louis Battlehawks uh, take on the Vegas Vipers in my power rankings. I know you and I have talked about my power rankings, quote unquote, a few times. Um, uh, now I have St. Louis uh, jumping ahead of the Roughnecks. Roughnecks lost last week. The Battlehawks, again, I feel have one of the best quarterbacks in A.J. McCarron. Uh, they're favored by three on the road in Vegas. Vegas, as we know, and you know this better than I because you've been there, you've been on the sideline, just no home field advantage at all. They've got a lot of offensive challenges. I'm on the St. Louis Battlehawks side. How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I went I went back and forth on this game. Um, I'm, I'm not sure anything is going to get in the account, but if you gave me free money and said I had to make a bet, I would lay the three with St. Louis um, as well. I just... I'm not sure. I, I might get there. I'm just not 100% sure yet. Um, St. Louis, like you said, with A.J. McCarron, he is one of the better quarterbacks in this league. They have a way of, like, always making it a game. But I'm still just not fully sold that they're a solid enough team yet because for all of the times that we've seen them find ways to win and be competitive, they're, they've got a lot of holes as well. Um, and this is a Vegas team that, should be better than their record in my mind. And maybe I'm like off base here, but for a team that's plus two in turnover differential, which is better than half the teams in the league and with all of the talent they have, it's like mind boggling to me that they haven't been able to be better. Their defense legitimately can't stop anybody. And we did see Luis Perez have a really good outing this past week. Um, I Yeah, like I said, I went back and forth on it, but if you forced my hand, I would take St. Louis. Um, I Two of my favorite players in the league are Hakeem Butler and Brian Hill, and if they're able to work Vegas's defense, I mean, um, yeah, Vegas's defense like some other um, teams have offensively, then, then I think it's St. Louis's to lose. Um, and we've got another one on Sunday, um, and this is a 3 o'clock Eastern time game. San Antonio, the Brahmas, uh, going up against the Arlington Renegades. My play here is the under, right? These two teams played again, uh, or I should say played last week. So they're playing again this week, 22 total points. Uh, both of them struggle offensively. Um, San, San Antonio is getting some quarterback injuries. Uh, they do have a new offensive coordinator. I think it's going to take a minute for him to kind of gel. But both these teams play solid defense. So I like the under here at 33. What say you? my friend. Yeah. So that total, is that not so jarring? It's like army Navy, right? (laughs) It's always a sweat to bet the under, but in that game, how often does it cash? Right. So um, I certainly cannot flack you on the bet. What I'm kind of hoping for is a live betting opportunity. Like I would really, really love if we could get a score on the board early and have that total tick up so you can buy back on the under. That might be my strategy just so like on principle, I don't feel so silly um, betting an under 33 or an under 32 and a half and then having something obnoxious happening in, happening in this league where you get a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown or a crazy special team <laughs> play out of nowhere that gets you over when it shouldn't. Um, but you're dead on because this should totally be just a rematch rock fight of what we saw last week. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment here because I laid the points with the Brahmas last week and I lost. But 
I still like them here and getting three. They grade out as a better team on PFF. Yes, we have PFF grades, by the way, in the XFL. Let's go. Um, but Hindsworth <laughs> said that they're a team that's hungry for payback. Yes, technically they're on the road, but in name only, Arlington is literally the home game for every team in the league. It's the only time they don't have to travel or go anywhere. Um, So I think it's kind of a flip a coin type of a game. And in a coin flip game, taking the points, I'm, I'm not mad at. I hear you. And then last but not least, We've got the game of the week. At least I think it is. Big reason why I think it's on Monday night. Uh, and that is 7 o'clock Eastern time. And that is the Houston Roughnecks going up against the D.C. Defenders. Last week, Roughnecks were my number one. D.C. was my number two in regard to my power re- rankings. This week, D.C. now is number one. Why? They're 5-0. and um, I think arguably best team in this, uh, in, in, in this league. 35,000 fans hit their stadium each and every week. Uh, good offensive line. Their running back is setting records. Uh, won't be surprised if he's playing in the NFL next year. And they're they're undefeated at their field. And you go back to, of course, when this league started pre-COVID, 6-0. and Meanwhile, this Houston Roughnecks team, I don't know, did they take Seattle lightly? They lost 21-14. to And their next two games are going to be pretty tough. D.C. this week, St. Louis next week. We'll see really just how good this Houston team is. Uh, but with that being said... Um, this is a uh, D.C. Defenders team. They're laying two and a half at home. The over-under is 42. Is this the game that you're going to be at, Stormy? It is, and I am mm-hmm. so dang excited about it on Monday night. It's going to be so fun, um, and it is. It's the game of the week. It's the the teams that are 5-0 and straight up and against the spread versus a team that's 4-1 and straight up and against the spread. So um, it's going to be an awesome game, an awesome environment. The beer snake is going to be in full force in Section 136 and 137. It's going to be electric, and I can't wait. As for on the field, I have covered D.C., Anita, four of the five weeks to start this season. So I am extremely familiar with this squad, and it breaks my heart because I cannot and do not bet games that I cover. And I know. boy, have they been cow and have they been fun and have I have I wanted to in moments they're so good they are the best team in the league to me they do something with the quarterback run game that nobody else in the league can do with Jordan Ta'amu and Derek King and you mentioned um, their running back Abram Smith who was so dynamic last week put up over 200 yards and three touchdowns and he was their first pick in the draft this year and somebody that that um, offensive coordinator Fred Keist kind of fought for to take in that pick, and they have been so grateful that they did. That's going to be a tough test for this Houston defense. So can Wade Phillips and Brian Stewart um, get something dialed up to slow down that defender's run game? As a team, they are the best in the league by a mile on the ground. They're 870 rushing yards, 404 more than the next best team. Could you make an argument for Houston on a bounce back type of a game, extra time to prepare coming off the Thursday night appearance with Seattle? Absolutely. I do think they got a little bit of a reality check last week, but I also think offensively not having John Trey Kirkland, he got hurt like the third play of the game against Seattle. He's their do-it-all wide receiver, the first and only player to execute the double pass for a touchdown. Um, He did that in the game against Orlando. He's extremely dynamic and kind of a Swiss Army knife player for them. And he was injured. So to what extent can Justin Smith and Travell Harris and company elevate their game to continue to have that 
what they call the Mike Leach offense. It's kind of like a combo air raid, run and shoot. Um, but can they continue to have that extra element that they've had without him? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I hope it's competitive. I hope it's down to the wire. But D.C. is the better team for me. Stormy, thank you so much. Always great when you join us uh, on on Bet. Uh, really do appreciate it. Great insight. Who better than you? I mean, you know, you're you're there. You're in the trenches each and every week. So we so appreciate you. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you. Good luck with your bets. And um, let's get a rock fight in that San Antonio game. I'm ready for it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Stormy, thank you so much. Enjoy. So just to recap, uh, Guardians right now, that line is uh, is nine and a half. Um, I, I've already gone to the window with it. Um I, I do believe it's going to go up even further. It might go up to 10, 10 and a half at, at kickoff. Uh, but I would jump on that right now as well. Again, I, I think this is too many points. And I wouldn't be shocked, by the way, now that Orlando has changed quarterbacks to Dormady. Uh, he put, he uh, he threw for 256 yards and two touchdowns last week. Wouldn't be surprised if Orlando pulled the upset. Throw some money on the money line. Why not? See what happens. Look, my dogs are definitely in agreement. Um, St. Louis, I'll lay the points with the three. Going up against Vegas, San Antonio, and Arlington. As Stormy said, uh, let's pull out those rocks. Let's have that rock fight like the under at 33. And uh, and Stormy couldn't make a play in regard to the Houston-D.C. game. But D.C. favored by two and a half at home. They're the best team. I think they roll. I think they win. So I'll lay the two and a half with DC. This about concludes our show. We thank everybody for tuning in. Um, Tyler Fulgham, of course, joining me for uh, reaction or no action. Lee Sterling, as well as Fat Jack, getting us ready for Friday's NCAA action. We are in the midst of Sweet 16, heading into the weekend of Elite Eight. And then, of course, next Saturday will be the Final Four. And then the championship that following Monday one of the best times of the year, that's for sure. Keith Stewart, who joined us, gave us a little Dell Championship match play. Love it. Love it that the that the PJ Tour has this tournament around the time that March Madness is happening because it's all about match play and it's filling out that golf bracket as well as your NBA or, or your NCAA bracket, which is also great. And of course, uh, Tomir um, Azarli, who, who joined us uh, from Clutch Points, uh, with a preview of the Clippers game going up against the Thunder tonight. So, uh, fun show. Tyler and Brian, thank you so much for producing. Always appreciate you guys. Uh, everybody have a fantastic night. And again, just a reminder, really excited about our golf show that's kicking off right here on 710 ESPN LA, the Sunday before the Masters. Uh, so that's coming your way in April. So April 2nd, 7 a.m., 7 to 8 a.m. will be the golf show hosted by me, Getting you ready for the Masters, amongst other things uh, that we can talk about. So really excited about that. Everybody have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you next week right here on 710 ESPN LA.